Please stand and join us as we sing our praises to God together.
Father, we come to worship you today, to honor you, to glorify you. And we ask that you will be pleased with our worship and that you will help us as we open our hearts to you. We know you're here. We know that you want to do marvelous things in us individually and corporately. And we pray that uh, this will indeed be what happens today. So we offer our worship to you this time and we pray this through Christ Jesus. Amen. Share a word of greeting for those who are here in worship today. So great to see you as we gather for worship today, and I think winter has arrived. And uh, but that's what we get here, right? It's life in Western New York. But it's great to see you this morning. There's an insert in your bulletin about an event uh, coming up on the seventh of December. Uh, Andy Bannister will be here, who uh, works with Ravi Zacharias's ministry. Uh, he teaches regularly. He has uh, a lot of expertise in the areas of Islam. And so we want to uh, invite you to that. There's actually a sign-up sheet and a form you can fill out to indicate your interest in attending this event. And on the back side of that is a schedule of uh, the uh, holiday services beginning next week. And schedules change just a little bit. So uh, please take note of that. Uh, Wednesday evening, because of the holiday this week, we will not have any activities here. Uh, and uh, tonight we have a special event. We're going to be gathering here at 5 o'clock. Just note that time, 5 o'clock tonight. And we'll be uh, bringing the conclusion to, of our prayer vigil. Uh, there are a few times still open this, afternoon, this morning and this afternoon to pray. You can sign up in the back as you leave today. We'd love to fill up the rest of the day. Uh, but we'll end at 5 o'clock. We'll gather here. We'll have about a half an hour or so of singing and of praying together. And then afterwards, we're going to go to the community room. And uh, we're going to share together in what we're calling a fruit potluck. And we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit uh, throughout this whole fall, and, and uh, we have been connecting that to fruit, and it just seemed like the appropriate thing to do to come together and eat some fruit. So um, there, are, there are some suggestions you might want to do about bringing maybe a salad, a dessert, some kind of bread that has fruit in it, but just something that has some, some fruit connected to it, and you can bring it uh, to the community room, uh, maybe bring a little extra to share with others, that people who might not be able to bring anything. And we're just going to have some fellowship time together. And uh, I think it'll be a really enjoyable uh, conclusion. And at that event, we will also uh, hand out the uh, recipe books, the fruit recipe books that we've put together. Many of you contributed recipes to that. They look awesome. And so we want to uh, make sure that every family unit gets one of those. So tonight, 5 o'clock, beginning here, and then we'll go to the community room for this gathering. Uh, also, uh, next Sunday is uh, the beginning of Advent, the first Sunday of Advent. It's hard to believe we're already at that point. Um, and uh, we've created some uh, weekly devotionals for each of the Sundays of Advent, and they're on the back table. Feel free to take one or more of those if you want and use that individually as family in your dorms, whatever you want to do with them. Uh, just encourage you to take those and to make that a part of your Advent uh, celebration. 
Um, we are, um, this morning we're going to do a, some different things. Um, and uh, one of the things we're going to do is give you the opportunity to share a little bit. Uh, over the course of the last, uh, well, the course of the last few months, as we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, I have had the privilege of hearing from a number of you about what God has been doing in your life and things that God has been saying to you and ways in which thinking about the fruit of the Spirit has been important to you. And it struck me a week or so ago that um, I shouldn't be the only one that gets to hear that. Uh, we all ought to be able to hear that. And so we're going to give you the opportunity this morning and uh, to, to share about what some things that uh, God may be doing in your life. Just share briefly about it, whoever wants to. We'll have a couple of microphones set up for you to walk to so we can all hear. But to just sort of get us started a little bit, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, a couple of people uh, grabbed some folks after church and just ta- asked them uh, to share a little bit about the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And, and we've chosen some of those interviews to show you this morning just to give us a taste of what the sharing can be. So as we've gone through the fruits of the Spirit and have identified them with actual fruits, probably the one that's been most interesting for me to think about and most encouraging for me to think about is, the, is joy. Um, forgetting sometimes that, that joy is something that does come from the Spirit and something that God wants us to walk in joy every day and the things that we do that we're supposed to enjoy life and be happy and have fun with the things that we do and that that's something that God desires for us and that's that's very freeing it's very encouraging and it gives gave me a, a vision for an aspect of God's character that I think I needed to be reminded of um, when I think about the fruit of the spirit I am reminded that it's not something that I can manufacture on my own that I need to be connected to the spirit and I need to be abiding in Christ and when I'm abiding and when I'm connected to the Spirit, the fruit naturally comes out. And um, I feel like it just was a good reminder to stay connected and that when I am, um, I'll be reflecting Christ in my actions and, and what I'm doing in my life. So the concept that stuck in my mind uh, when Pastor uh, West spoke uh, was uh, the definition of goodness. And uh, he gave the example that it's not uh, what we didn't do, uh, like we're not murderers and we're not adulterers and we uh, don't lie, that makes us good. It is when we uh, follow God's calling, when uh, we sacrifice the things that we want to do for the things that others want to do, that's really what uh, defines goodness. One of the things that I really loved about the Fruits of the Spirit series this year is that um, I, I think there were so many visual things, and I'm a very visual learner, and so the fact that we got cards at the end of the services allowed me to reflect on um, things that God was speaking to me about while listening to Pastor Wes. Um, another thing that I really loved was all of the artwork, um, and it was just, I would take notes during the sermons and also be just drawing the fruits of the spirit and I feel like it just kind of helped me connect and then think about it throughout the week 
and then um, just compiling my notes afterwards um, allowed me to really concentrate on like what God was speaking to me about and just how I need to sacrifice more um, of myself and, and just trust the Holy Spirit. This has been a great series um, on the fruits of the Spirit, and it's, it's been a constant reminder that uh, we need to treat people differently, and we need to treat people with, with different qualities. Um, it's, been, it's been good to be challenged every week to try to apply something different in my life So we're going to give you an opportunity to share in a few minutes, uh, a little bit later in the service. So be thinking and processing. I know it's a little bit intimidating to do that in front of a group of people, but it's encouraging to hear what God is doing. Um, This time we're going to ask the ushers to come and assist us with their offering, and we're going to uh, dismiss the children for Children's Church as well as the ushers come and receive our gifts.
we offer our prayers to God Almighty. If you'd like to use the altar rail as a place where you offer your prayers, please come and join me. Father, we are grateful that you who have promised to be with us have kept your word. You promised to hear us, to answer us in your infinite love and grace. And we see you doing that every day. We pray, Father, that you will In these days ahead, remind us of all of the reasons for which we have to give thanks. And then in remembering, we will again offer our words and expressions of gratitude. Because we are so blessed. Father, we pray for your gentle care for all of your children in this fallen world. We think especially of those who suffer innocently because of cruelty or people caught in the crossfire, war and conflict for the hungry and the homeless. We think of people who live without any knowledge of who you are, of your grace and your goodness your love, your compassion, your truth of Christ. We pray, Father, that you will heal and restore. And we pray, Father, that you will help your children to continue being beacons of light for Christ in a world that desperately needs to know the love and grace and mercy of Christ. Father, we thank you that you have revealed in Christ your glory among all the nations. We ask, Father, that you will help your church in this world and in this place to be light in darkness, to be salt and flavor, to be joy and peace and love and mercy. Father, as we come today, we recognize how much we need you. We know the struggles of our own hearts and the times when we are faithful and the times when we fall short. We come today acknowledging your promise that in our faithfulness, you are faithful and good. And when we fall short, You are still faithful and good. Change us, transform us, work in us. And we pray all of this through the power and grace of Jesus Christ, the one who teaches all of his disciples the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading for this morning is from Luke 6, verses 27 through 36. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn him the other cheek also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, Do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons and daughters of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Okay, so we want to give you a chance to, uh, to talk this morning. And if you're wondering whether you have the courage to do that or not, the more you talk, the less you have to listen to me talk. So I expect we'll be here a while, listen to everyone, right? So um, who would like to go first? Something brief, something that God has been doing in your life, speaking to you, some revelation you've had, whatever you want to share about what God may have been doing in your life over the last two months. Um, I know um, I'm a mom of an 18-month-old and a third and fourth grade special ed teacher. And so I know one of the things that has been kind of burdening me is when he talked about patience, that I'm a patient person. I work with little kids all the time. And then after hearing his sermon about patience, I realized how impatient I really am. And so I think patience has been something that I've been really working on is 
being a little bit more patient with hearing mom a hundred times and responding and um, when my kids at school trying to get my attention or aren't answering things the way I am, taking that time to just slow down, to wait, to explain, um, driving on the road, <laughs> waiting behind slow traffic, things like that. So I think for me, patience has been the one that I've had to look at the most, or at least that's the one I chose to work on for now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Around the same time that we did um, the fruit of peace in uh, the sermon, we were also studying it in Bible study and looked at the verse about peace being like a river. And I had read it before, but I was just struck again that I tend to think of peace like a pond and not like a river. Um, and I just spent the last yeah number of weeks, I think the Lord has just really impressed on me a more active understanding of what peace was going to look like and almost like going down the rapids, but feeling peace and what could that look like. Um, and there have just been a number of circumstances, um, you know, uncertainties in certain areas, um, challenges, uh, where God has challenged me to understand his peace in a new way. Um, I spent an hour in the prayer room on a day that had been extremely challenging. I was so frustrated and worked up by the time I got there. And it was just such a relief to lay that owl out in front of him. I just, I just in my mind's eye, I was just sort of throwing my, my arms open before him and just laying it all out in front of him. And I w it was such a relief to know that he could handle all of that and that I didn't have to put on anything about that. And um, that was, I know that sounds contradictory. I mean, that was a day of turmoil, but it, in a way it was a better understanding of receiving his peace in the midst of the reality of my circumstances. Um, and just, he's continued to impress it on me and just a deeper um, desire to believe that my life is so caught up in his that nothing can challenge that, that no life circumstance can take away the life that he has in me and the life that I have in him. And so that's been, that's been very special for me. that I went into the prayer room to pray and prayed, took my little cards and visual too, and prayed for each one of those for me. I need to, you know, and I was convicted about all these things. Oh, that's scary. But the thought was after he goes to me, the Lord said, I have all those. So then I took each card and praised him of how he has those characteristics and how it's blessed me. And I just thought that was a really cool experience. Thank you. Sorry, so there's a microphone here, so I have to talk into it. Um, I, I, I just, I just want to say, uh, for me, what was especially meaningful, I, of course, lead a small group that meets on Monday nights. And as we talk through this, um, it just kind of crystallized the small group experience for me in lots of ways. Like the several people in the group went through 
through some very difficult times in the fall. And uh, our group is pretty intergenerational. So we have people who are younger than me and going up to being a little bit older than me. Well, a lot older than me in some cases. Um, And we, you know, just talking about the stresses of kids at various points in our lives. You know, we think that sometimes having young kids is the hardest thing in the world. And then we hear that having older kids is harder in some ways. Um, We're just hearing uh, people who are going through things that we haven't gone through yet that put fear into us when we're young. And we think, I could never go through that and still have the fruit of the Spirit. And to watch um, people go through those things, it's just, it was, it's, it's really great to watch um, the body of Christ sort of encourage each other to grow um, and to say, you know, when you go through these times in your life, God's going to be there and you'll be able to uh, evidence the fruit of the Spirit as well. So for me, that was meaningful. I think uh, for me specifically, uh, self-control. As I um, was wrestling with this illness in the past couple of weeks, um, God was able to use that. Perhaps patience was a part of that too, so maybe I had a couple of them. Um, but realizing that um, I need to decide that I'm going to wrestle with whatever temptations there are, or I will decide to do what I know God wants me to do. And one of the things during this illness and sitting in the hospital contemplating a lot of things, um, was God specifically speaking to me that, Kevin, you need to spend more time with me for your own self and just enjoy me as opposed to doing it because you're a leader or you're doing these things with college kids or whatever it might be for my own family and just sit down and enjoy me for who, you, for who I am for yourself. And so I think self-control and determining that um, I will do that and, and walk more faithfully with him. I've always felt that one of the gifts that God's given me is as an encourager and try to encourage people, students, athletes, uh, family members, and, and I enjoy doing good things for people. But what I struggle with, Wes, is I sure hope somebody notices that I'm doing this stuff. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. You know, I have a thing on my keychain I got from Fellowship of Christian Athletes some years ago. It says, audience of one. Meaning, you know, God knows if, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. That should be enough. And, and sometimes I really struggle with that. And, and, and push that aside. Do this because that's what God would have me to do. Not because somebody will notice this and Bill Swanson is going to get credit for this here on earth. That's not the way it should work. And, and, that's, and, and listen, in and, and that part of your uh, sermon series really challenged me in that regard. may not look familiar to you, and that's because I live in Texas. I'm up here <laughs> visiting my brothers and their families. Um, on Veterans Day, or the Sunday before Veterans Day, uh, as many congregations did, the pastor showed a uh, patriotic video, and then during the turn around and shake hands and greet each other, period. Uh, He asked us veterans to uh, stand up so that folks could recognize us. And then, well, that was after the video. 
And then during the meet and greet time, he asked uh, those around us to go shake hands with the veteran and thank him for the service. So three or four adults around me did just that. They, they expressly said to me, thank you for your service. And I told them they were welcome. And the last person to come visit me was a little boy, maybe 10 years old. But he changed the words, and it tore my heart out. He said, thank you for my freedom. And in that instant, I realized my generation, my parents' generation, have sold his freedom for our comfort. And we've sold his children's children's freedom for our current comfort. And I could barely squeak out, you're welcome to the young guy. And it tore at my heart the whole time for the sermon. There's only one way this young man's ever going to have freedom. And it's not as an American citizen. It's as a believer in Jesus Christ. I haven't been a big uh, witnesser uh, to other people. But in that instant, I knew that had to change. And God has been plowing up my heart ever since then to lead out in whatever few years remain to me to helping the next generations know the only freedom that truly has or has been real and will only ever be available to them. Appreciate those who've shared. Please stand and join us as we sing together. Come praise and glorify our God, the Father of our Lord. In Christ he has in heavenly realms his blessings on us all. For pure and blameless he beside, he dancing us to be. And now we pray our adopted hope is sunny to the grave. 
Please be seated. Along with uh, interviewing a few adults in our congregation, we also talked to a few of our children. And um, Wednesday nights, uh, one of the things, I was down there a few weeks ago, and one of the songs that the, the boys were singing every week is a song called The, the Fruit of the Spirit is Not a Coconut. Um, so it's a good thing we didn't choose coconut for one of these fruits or we'd been in trouble. But uh, they have a lot of fun singing this song. And quite frankly, I can't understand all the things that the fruit of the Spirit is not. But it's very clear what, that they understand what the fruit of the Spirit is. And we have a little, you hear them singing this in the background as you see some of the images go by. And then we've talked to a few of our children about fruit. And um, it's, it's interesting to see what they have to say. on it for protection. Be a peach, because peaches are sweet. Uh, cherry. I'd be the fruit, um, watermelon, because I'm really joyful. And I love or joy. Dragon fruit. <laughs> Apple. I like to get strong like my dad. Uh, grapes. It's over. The fruit of the spirit. I was, in, I was intrigued by how some of them have made that connection to the fruit we've talked about up here, these pictures, these images, and the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the reasons we did it. I was thinking this morning about, you know, in, in, as we conclude this series and knowing that a lot of this, the time is going to be spent sharing what to say. And I, I guess I just want to, to say a couple of things. One is that, as we've been talking through this, that the fruit of the Spirit is really less about how we relate to God, but how our relationship with God impacts how we relate to others. You can't say that I have the fruit of, of joy in my life and that not reflect how we treat other people. You can't say I, I really am patient because I'm because of, of my relationship with God and no one ever see that. Ultimately, it's about a relationship with other people. But it's even deeper than that. We keep coming back to every week talking about how the fruit of the Spirit, what differentiates the fruit that Paul talks about in Galatians 5. 
that fruit that honestly a lot of people in culture say these are good things. What takes it to the level of being a part of the spirit is that it is always related to self-giving. It is the fruit of the spirit when it is fruit that we see lived out in a self-giving way. It's more than just being kind when I feel like being kind. It's more than being good when other people are good to me. It is, it is bearing this fruit, revealing this fruit, even when it's difficult, particularly when it's difficult. And so Jesus says in the passage we read a few moments ago, that if, you, if you're good to people, if you love people, if you're kind to people, if you're patient with people who are good and loving and kind and patient with you, that's great. That's better than the opposite of it. But quite frankly, anyone can do that. The pagans do that. The test of my spirit in you and the fruit that comes out of your life through my spirit is in the moments when People are not being good to you or kind to you or loving to you or patient with you. The challenge of the fruit of the Spirit is that we're kind when people are not. We're loving when people have hurt us. We, are, we exude goodness, generous goodness, when people are continually taking It's what sets it apart. But ultimately, we have to remember that that mindset, that way of life is rooted in the nature and character of God. All of this fruit is really just describing who God is. It is his nature that the spirit is, is bearing in us. That's why it's called the fruit of the spirit. It is the spirit in us that then brings that fruit out of us. And it is really just describing who God is and how God relates to human beings. We see over and over again in the scriptures that when human beings are impatient toward God, reject God, turn on God, we see love. We see patience. We see kindness. We see self-control over and over and over again. And that's why what we're really seeking is the Spirit in us. But the Spirit will only bear this fruit in our lives. We'll only look like Christ if we want to. Until we want to, it's not going to happen. It is, that, it is that preparing, nurturing the soil of our lives. That's the part we can do. We can't make this fruit appear. Only the Spirit can do that. We can't manufacture it. We don't just work harder. We don't just try harder. We just have to want the Spirit. We have to want the Spirit to change us, to work in us. And so we go back to Mark 4 with the parable of the the sower. And he scatters the seed all around. And some of it falls on the hard path. And the birds come and eat it. Others fall in the rocks. And it, it makes a little, starts to grow a little bit, but... It's crushed. And then some of it falls in the, in the weedy soil. And it does come up for a while, but the weeds eventually choke it out. But some of it falls on good soil. And it 
brings a harvest. And the only variable in that story is it's not the seed, it's not the sower, it's the soil. That's the only difference. And that's what we bring to all of this that we're talking about through the Spirit is a want to. To want our soil to be ready for the seed that God plants in us. To be willing to let God do in us what he wants to do. In essence, to surrender ourselves to him. Day after day after day. And that surrender may at times feel like bondage. But it's really freedom. Paul says at the end of this At the end of chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, he says, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There is freedom. It's not about rules. It's not about trying to to measure up to something. It is surrendering to Christ and experiencing the freedom of Christ changing our lives. And in that freedom, we are free to love because we have Christ. We're free to give ourselves away because we have Christ. We're free to be patient because we know God is patient. We're free to truly live when we have surrendered ourselves to the Spirit. When we have allowed Him to do in us what He needs to do so that the roots can go deep and produce great fruit. And what comes out of that is relationships. We look like Christ. You know, I've talked a lot through the years about the book Red Moon Rising and Pete Gregg's story of how the 24-7 prayer movement was developed. And out of that, we sort of developed our prayer vigils every year. And, And this book tells the story of that. And there's some fascinating things that happen. And right near the end of the book, Pete says he's sitting in a coffee shop one day talking to a guy who's 25 years old and he has already started and been successful at five different businesses. I mean, this guy is just the poster child for entrepreneur. And he's talking to him because he wants to know how they can, they can create an atmosphere and, and move this, the, the 24-7 prayer movement, how they can establish it in a way without it becoming stagnant. Without it becoming sort of an institution. But they want, they want to organize it without it becoming an organization. And so they're talking to him and the guy says, so in five years, what do you, what do you, where do you see yourselves? And Pete says to him, well, I guess I would say in five years that all of us who've been a part of this movement, have been working this movement, I guess what I'd, my dream is that in five years, we'd still be friends. And we'd still be dreaming. And the guy says, okay, he smiles. He says, all right. But he said, well, what are your goals? You know, how, what, how do you want to measure success? Uh, what, what's, your, what's your plan? How do you see you? What do you want to see yourselves accomplishing? And Pete says, that we still be friends. And that we're still dreaming about what God wants to do in us and through us. He says, I don't know if the guy was getting it or not, but eventually, as they talked more, the guy said, you know what? I want to be a part of what, of that kind of mindset. And I think, as I read that, I thought, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's it. 
It's not doing bigger things. It's not, you know, thinking we are accomplishing all these amazing things for God, as important as that can be. All of that happens, but ultimately the fruit of the Spirit is relationships. And I am convinced that when the Spirit is working in us, our relationships will continually be getting better. And when our relationships keep getting better, God does miraculous things. Because we're open and we're ready and we're willing. And the soil of our hearts is ready to bear fruit. And so as we come to this table this morning, I'm envisioning us coming this morning and, and, and receiving the sacraments as an expression of our gratitude for who God is and what God has done and also as an expression of our yearning for the Spirit. That as we drink and eat, we are exclaiming, we want the Spirit in us and we want Him to bear fruit. Holy Father, we thank You For the gift of your spirit, we thank you for your mercy and grace to us. We thank you for who you are and the dreams and the plans that you have for each of us, individually and corporately. We pray today, Father, as we prepare to come to this table, that we will come with hearts open to you. And that your blessing will rest upon the bread and the cup of which we're about to partake. And that as we eat and drink, that we would know your spirit at work in us. That you would sense our yearning, our passion, our desire to be filled with your spirit. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he gave thanks to the Father in heaven, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And on the same night, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to the Father in heaven, gave it to his disciples, saying, drink from this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, shed for your sins and the sins of all people. Every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. The usher is going to release you by rows to come to the front, tear off a piece of bread, dip it into the cup, eat it, and you may return to your seat by the outside aisles. If you'd like to stay and pray at the altar rail, you're welcome, invited to do so. I always like to mention that we practice open communion at the Wesleyan Church. It simply means if you're here today, maybe for the first time, but your heart is open to God... You have a yearning and a passion in your heart for the Spirit to work in your life. Come, receive these gifts from our gracious and loving Heavenly Father.
the Lamb who bears our sins away, slain for us. And we remember the promise made that all who come in faith find forgiveness at the cross. So we share in this bread.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.